Welcome to the Daughters Project Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Join us this season as the sisters gather around the mics to share their experiences of God's love through the lens of His sacred word. You can find out more about our work at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter S.T. Paul. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daughters Project podcast. I'm Sister Oriane Pietro Renee. I'm Sister Julie Benedicta. And we are joined today by Sister Linda Salvatore. Welcome, Sister. Thank you. It's so good to be here. So good to have you. Sister, can you maybe just introduce yourself and maybe tell people a couple fun facts about you? Um, I'm Sister Linda Salvatore. That one's fun. (laughs) Fun facts. Um, I love birding and gardening and being outside. Mm -hmm. I'm originally from Connecticut. Um, What else can I say? What are some fun things that you've done in the apostolate? Yeah. Well, first, how long have you been a daughter of St. Paul? Uh, too long to say. <laughs> <laughs> we shall not reveal any secrets no, here. I, I think that this year is 42 years. Okay. And you entered as like a baby, right? I entered no, I'm kidding. right you after high school. It. Okay. Right okay. after high school. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like a day. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's just mm-hmm. yesterday that it happened. Oh. Yeah. I, I remember entering and thinking to myself, I really hope I don't get bored. <laughs> And have you ever been bored? (laughs) After a month, I thought to myself, that is never going to (laughs) happen. And here we are. (laughs) Here we are, 40-something years later. Love it. And what are some some of those fun things that you've done in the apostolate? Um, Well, when we used to have uh, printing presses in a bindery, Mm -hmm. I worked in the bindery and absolutely loved being at the machines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was so challenging, and you could get a lot of energy out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I loved being in the editorial department, mm-hmm. working with words. Yep. And then I was moved to the design department, and I just love working with words in a different way. Mm. Yeah. And with images. So and you then, work with your hands, you yeah. work with words, you work with pictures. Yeah. And what can't she do? <laughs> <laughs> well, originally... My first apostolate was working in our kitchen, right? 160 sisters, and that was both challenging and fun. <laughs> See, I would have just said, and that was challenging. <laughs> and that was a thing that I did. That's what I would say. <laughs> no, I loved it. I yeah. loved oh. it. The most, uh, the most satisfying thing was to be in the kitchen as everyone was sitting down for their meal mm-hmm. and watching all of the sisters talking and enjoying themselves and eating the meal that you had cooked. Mm-hmm. And you, like, for me, that was like, oh. And how long did it take to cook a meal for 160 sisters? Well, you were there from early morning until late at night. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because it was three meals a day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so wow. it, it was it was pretty intense, but... Mm-hmm. I like running, so. (laughs) Yeah. One of my favorite stories that you tell from the apostolate is the one about the new edition of the Theology of the Body. Oh, my goodness. Can you share that story? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had only been in the design department for less than a year Mm -hmm. when um, Dr. Waldstein completed his translation from Mm -hmm. the original Polish of the Theology of the Body. And... Working on it was intense because we had a deadline, as Mm -hmm. always, (laughs) and it's always too short. Right. (laughs) It is the way. 
But when I got to the section of the theology of the body that dealt with the Song of Songs and Tobit, Mm -hmm. which I understand was the only part of John Paul II's theology of the body that had not been given as a uh, an address on the at the Wednesday audiences. Yes, at the uh-huh. Wednesday audiences. Yeah, so that was the only section that he had never actually delivered. Wow. So mm-hmm. no one knew it, and it was not printed in Liservatory Romano wow. ever. So this was the first time it was appearing in print. Okay, and I was working on it, and that particular file got corrupted. So I thought, okay, these things happen sometimes. And I made the sign of the cross and tried it again. That file got corrupted. Now, this happened three or four times. So I pulled out the holy water mm-hmm. and, against all advice, doused my computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Poor iMac. It was actually it was frightening because mm-hmm. it seemed like impossible that mm-hmm. you could not get this one file mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, perhaps I should go up to chapel to pray. Went up to chapel to pray, came back, and then I started appending each each attempt mm-hmm. with a different um, underscore SHJ, Sacred Heart of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so the files, na- but the file names were becoming holy. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So it was the normal file naming convention plus plus yeah. Sacred Heart of Jesus. JMJP, yeah. Sacred Heart. I guess one Jesus, of Mary, Joseph, work. and Paul. For those of who, those of you who don't know, yeah. <laughs> but then the scariest moment was when I was. Um, working at the computer, and the file flipped upside down. Now I had—I wasn't even touching the computer, and I <laughs> looked so as weird. the entire thing flipped upside down. That is so oh, weird. At yeah. which point I closed the file. Yes, and went back to chapel. <laughs> yeah, and prayed. Mm-hmm. You didn't burn any like fish guts or anything, though. No, because no, that no. was the I, part I, about Tobit, right? I yeah. lit a candle. Yep. <laughs> It, oh it my was goodness. one of those moments where you, you think to yourself, "This is, this is someone other than." Mm-hmm. And these things happen. Like we know that our apostolate is doing good for for souls, mm-hmm. and we know that there's somebody who really hates when that happens, and they try to battle it out. But we're more stubborn, yeah. right? So. <laughs> and God's more powerful. And God's more powerful. But I do remember asking Dr. Waldstein about it, and that's when I learned that it was the only, like the first time that this section of Theology of the Body was going in print. He that's said, incredible. He paused and said, I wonder if it's because, I don't mm, know why, but this certainly is difficult. <laughs> yeah. But we got it. We got it. We got and it. everybody out there who has your copy yeah. of Man and Woman, He Created Them. You can thank Sister Linda Salvatore for the fact that those pages are not upside down. Yep. <laughs> Go and check your books. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's amazing. the amazing thing about the apostolate, too. You don't know when you're being the most, quote unquote, successful. Yeah. Sometimes just schlepping through and, and being patient or not so patient with mm-hmm. the difficulties. You know, when you feel like you're hitting your head on a brick wall. Mm-hmm. And trying and trying and trying and never seeming to um, succeed. That may be the day you're doing the most good for souls. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Mm-hmm. It's in God's. It's in God's hands. And it's true. Wow. It's not always easy to remember. Right. That is but definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I was thinking about. Um, you know, in the the Acts of the Apostles, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, presuming him dead, and he got back up and walked 
back into the city, question mark. <laughs> like, that's, that was the choice he made there, you know? He had been taught bear safety. <laughs> Just play dead. And that's the guy we're supposed to be imitating, so. Yeah. <laughs> Straight back into the mouth there of the dead. Go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, um, do you have something you'd like to share for content in the condiment, sister? Not really. Because I do. Do you? Okay. I would like to just share that today, I believe, the day that we're recording, so two days, two weeks before this comes out, um, Kenobi is going oh, to be right. dropping, or however many weeks it is before this comes out. Anyway, Kenobi is going to be dropping, and I was watching one of the trailers. I am a huge fan of Star Wars. If anyone knows anything about me, you probably know that. And I was so struck by how... The main trailer that I saw anyway was kind of showcasing how they were trying to track down Obi-Wan for having, like, you know, defeated Darth Vader, sort of, um, by examining, like, the trail of compassion. And they were almost hmm. looking at it like vulnerability, like it kind of exposes you, it makes you vulnerable, and it's a weakness because you become vulnerable in being compassionate. Interesting. I thought that was so fascinating i love this exploration of intentional and loving vulnerability and i thought it actually tied in really beautiful um really beautifully with the verses that you picked today sister that's linda. really cool yes My, that's beautiful yes so sister linda could you share with us which verse did you pick to share today well my favorite verse in the new testament is from the gospel of matthew chapter 11 mm-hmm. verse 25 on one occasion jesus spoke thus father lord of heaven and earth to you i offer praise for what you have hidden from the learned and the clever you have revealed to the merest children father it is true you have graciously willed it so mm. i just love that verse what makes it your favorite verse sister I think, firstly, it's just marvelous to think that Jesus is praising the Father for us. Mm -hmm. For those of us who are weak Mm -hmm. and vulnerable Mm -hmm. and who are in need, you know, the childlike or children. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing that that the Son of God, in you know, God incarnate, is praising God for us. Wow. That is just so awesome. <laughs> it is. I was as I was praying with this passage, one of the things that was coming to me is like, this is coming in the middle of two interesting things. First, you have the woes, right? Like he's saying woe to all these cities who are not receiving him. And pretty then, harshly, too. Pretty harshly. Yeah. And then, for some reason that we're not really privy to, all of a sudden his heart turns to this, like, moment of praise to the Father. Or or maybe it's already there and he's just kind of, like, settling back into the default stance. You know, I don't know what it is, actually, but there's something, something there that, like, causes this switch. Mm-hmm. And he goes into this place of praise. And then immediately after this, and I have some thoughts about this, but, like, Immediately after this, he says, come to me, all of you, mm-hmm. you know, and just like, ugh, just how varied <laughs> those movements of the heart are, you know, of like, 
and because the woes are harsh mm-hmm. and 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 they are woes. So it is like there is like some some pity or some kind of like compassion yeah. that's there, but also coupled with anger and disappointment and ju- you know judgment, really. Mm-hmm. And then and then he goes into this beautiful moment of praise and he's rejoicing in the spirit. It's like this insight into the Trinity, you know, in this moment. It's just so cool. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe his his gaze turned from the people to whom he was addressing his woes and he looked at the disciples mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. were simple people. Mm-hmm. They weren't learned. They weren't clever, certainly. <laughs> you see <laughs> Which, the evidence of that. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot like what you were talking about with the apostolate, that like there's there's these moments where you feel like it's just not working, it's failing, we don't know what we're doing, and then you can turn and you can see, but but God did something beautiful here. Look at this, you know? And, like, which one do we choose to focus on? And yeah. um, Because the fruit is really in his hands, not ours. Yeah, yeah. If we if we rely on ourselves, it's going to fail. <laughs> and hard. <laughs> I like that your translation says the merest children, I think, if I heard that correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, the translation I, I have says, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. But I like that... That idea of merest, like not just little, but littlest, mm-hmm. like the smallest of children. And I think when we look at children and we look at their understanding of things, they are very willing to admit when they know they don't understand. And that's why they ask so many annoying questions. <laughs> <laughs> but like to know that actually God delights in that mm-hmm. and he delights in us asking him questions and actually he doesn't find it annoying when we're truly seeking truth truly seeking him um and he doesn't get frustrated when we cannot understand because a child can only understand a certain level of things Mm. there's only so much of a concept you can explain to them like if you're trying to explain why water is blue they can get part of it Mm -hmm. but they can't get all of it but at the same time it's endearing when they get that one thing and they hold on to it and they go and they tell all their friends <laughs> because they know this really cool thing. And that's what God delights in us when we're asking and we're asking and we're asking. And he can tell us everything, but he gives us what we can understand at the moment. And when we actually accept that in humility and get so excited mm-hmm. that we go tell all our friends this really cool thing like how much joy that gives him to watch yeah it's like uh imagining god with his robes and you're you're a child and you're just tugging on them why 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 i was um i always tend to bring at least one dictionary definition of something yeah <laughs> and uh one of the things that i came across is that the the wording greek and the way it's translated in Latin, both. So the Latin word is what we would say is infant, right? Mm-hmm. And both of the the Greek word and that Latin word have where we would just think like baby. They have the etymology of meaning no speech or inability to to speak. Wow. Like, and and I saw one thing even actually said no word, and I thought, isn't that interesting? Like, he's looking for the ones who have no word. Because he is the word and he's looking for the ones who have the most capacity to receive the word of like who he is at like the core of his being. And just, oh, I just, oh, I thought that was so cool. Oh my gosh. I just got chills. (laughs) (laughs) See, dictionaries are fun. I did not know that. (laughs) That is so amazing. (laughs) Wow. 
And the other thing about that scripture that I, that I love is when you think of a child, you can think of many qualities that aren't really so positive, yeah. you know, petulant and mm-hmm. stubborn. But mm-hmm. it's that it's, I imagine part of it is the delight that they take in the smallest things, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like a little flower. and or, 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 or better yet, a flowering weed. <laughs> <laughs> or a snowflake. Yes. Yeah. But it's that it's that childlike delight in everything that God does for you during the day that gives you a joyful and thankful heart. Mm-hmm. That is so beautiful. And I'm never going to grow up, so it makes me feel good. <laughs> We're glad. <laughs> that is why we delight in you. <laughs> that is true. I love that um, idea of a child before the age of speech. Um, because if you, if you think of a child that way, there, there's a coupled reality on one hand, it's very difficult for them to communicate and therefore can be quite frustrating. Actually, it's a, it can be a frustrating experience. They point, they might say the same sound to refer to many different things. <laughs> it's part of the reason kids bite. Yes, it's part when of the <laughs> When they don't have the right words. <laughs> they're crying all the time. They cry when they're hungry. They cry when they're in pain. They cry when they're uncomfortable. They cry when they're lonely. Like, oh, there's all these reasons to cry. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, like if you think of a laugh at that at that age, it can also mean so many different things. And that is the age at which very few people are immune to being brought into the reality of a child that age. It's like you'll see the most hardened people (laughs) melt. Mm -hmm. You'll see the most like, I don't know, like the most inaccessible people that you might actually be afraid of yourself. Like when they're working, when they're interacting with a baby, you see that they either take on the sadness or the happiness or whatever that they see expressed, or they will make complete fools of themselves (laughs) to make that happiness come out, to draw it out. Mm -hmm. Um, Recognizing that that child cannot speak, but that their depth of feeling is not unreal. It's real. Mm -hmm. And their experience is real. And I, I love that kind of idea of of the Lord. In a sense, he really does. And we hear in Philippians, I believe, that like Jesus empties himself and he humbles himself and he takes on this form that was not originally his, in fact. Mm-hmm. And that is what we do with kids all the time. We, we take on, you know, mannerisms that are not, in fact, our own, <laughs> like not really. And we we empty ourselves, we humble ourselves in order to engage in something joyful mm-hmm. and beautiful and something that unifies and brings together. And that is, in fact, what the Lord does with us because that's kind of what we are to him. Yeah. Yeah. As you're talking, I keep picturing there's this series of videos that Wired Magazine, I think it's Wired Magazine, they do that they have an expert in some field come and they explain their topic to like a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, <laughs> a high school student, a college student, and another expert. Like mm. they have a conversation with like an expert in like something adjacent, right? And um, and it's always super fun because they'll start with like, they'll bring toys, you know, and they'll explain to the little child like, when you put the toys together like this, it explains this thing. I'll link to one of the one of the episodes in the show notes because it's just so fun. And then they go all the way up. And then all the, at the end of the video, they're having this like high level kind of debate <laughs> with like a fellow physicist or like mm-hmm. a fellow whatever right, mathematician, you know. And um, and it's just so neat to see like all the different ways of explaining the same thing and kind of how they build on each other. Mm-hmm. 
But the my favorite is always just the first couple of minutes when they're explaining to the smallest little guy who just like kind of has a little bit of an interest in the area. Yes, I consider myself a scientist, you know, or like it's just it's so fun because it's just and maybe that's part of the appeal is like that's yeah. kind of how God bends down to us. Yeah. And teaches us very slowly according mm-hmm. to what we to how much we can handle and what we what we need, mm-hmm. because when you start in religious life. You know the first hurdles that you that you encounter. You think that they're the biggest hurdles in the world, and you're never going to get over them. And then you get over them, and you think Phew, that's done. You know it's going to be easy street from now on. And the clouds part, and you find the mountain or whatever that's in front of you. Yeah. You're like, oh dear. Yeah, but then the next hurdle, mm-hmm. you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. That's bigger than the one that I left behind. And I'm sure that's true of mm-hmm. married life or parenthood yeah, or, yeah. you know, a lot of different careers. Right. Yeah, I think that's probably true of a lot of human like experience. It, slowly, God prepares us mm-hmm. for the next for the mm-hmm. next thing. And it's such a beautiful exposition, I think, of the fatherhood of God. I, I love this. Like, Jesus specifically calls him, like, I praise you, Father, mm-hmm. Lord of heaven and earth. And, and that really resituates and reminds us. Um, of that understanding of of God as our Father. And it's so humbling to know that the second person of the Trinity came as a man to be our brother, and like our big brother, to reveal the heart of the Father. You think, I am not a younger sibling, but I know from being an older sibling that there were a lot of things in our own family that, you know, I had to I had to journey through and figure out. And then when it came time that my my younger siblings were being, you know, affected by someone's behavior or a dynamic in the family, I would explain it to them mm-hmm. because I had discovered it. And in a sense, that's kind of what, I mean, it's a very different situation, but, but as our brother, as the first begotten, only begotten son of the father, he does that for us. He reveals the heart of the father that he knows like nobody else so that we can also know him. Mm-hmm. And like a child, accept it. Yes. Because sometimes as we get older, it's hard for us to accept that mm-hmm. God is a loving father mm-hmm. and wants us to cuddle up to him yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and rest in his arms with complete trust. Yeah. But that's what he wants. It's amazing. Every once in a while you meet somebody for whom that's like a really easy truth to embrace. Mm. Yeah. And there's something really attractive about those people. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's something you just like want to spend time with them and like some I don't know what it is, but there's just I've just found that people who find God loves me. I am lovable. He wants me in his presence. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of an attitude and personality tends to go along with this is somebody I want to spend time with because I'm working on becoming a saint and I'm not there yet. And somehow <laughs> I feel like this person's going to help me. Yes, there, there's a certainty and an, mm-hmm. an anchoredness. Mm-hmm. And when you find someone like that. Somehow you implicitly implicitly know that you can trust them. They can yeah. be your confidant um, because those are the people who I think we just inherently know, like, they understand something that I don't. Mm-hmm. They have something that I don't. And they're willing to share it because they know that it's been gifted to them and they want to re-gift it. And that is a really beautiful place of confidence that we can enter into that actually that's a reflection of who Christ is to us. Yeah. So when we find those people, they in fact are living out their call of reflecting Christ um, who reveals to us the father. And scripture tells us over and over again, God takes delight in his people. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I will rejoice over her. I will sing over her. I will, you know, like, like God says this over and over and over again. And it's like, it's up to us to finally believe it, you know? 
Yeah, um, and, and from the depths of our being, you yes, because it's yes. easy to say, oh, yeah, God loves me, and I love him, and <laughs> if it's a surface thing. Yeah, fluffy fluff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when you when you meet people, they may not even say it, but they mm-hmm. exude that that mm-hmm. truth mm-hmm. from from their being. You know that they really believe that they are loved and that they love sincerely. And that's it. Like, the love that they feel they give. Mm-hmm. That's I think that might be part of the attraction that's there. Like they have it to give because they've been able to receive it, you know? So it goes back to like even like that word infant of like the no word, the no speaking, the the total receptivity, right? Because a, a baby can't even get from point A to point B without being carried. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's so total receptivity. And when we can get to that place, like then we're receiving and God gives so much that it just overflows. We're able to give it to the and I think that's part of what's so attractive about this verse too, is like all throughout the Old Testament, it says over and over and over again that God delights in his people mm-hmm. and that he delights to give us gifts and he delight, you know, like it says it over and over again. But but to like almost experience it in the humanity of Jesus and like to be able to almost feel his heart bubbling over with this expression yeah. is just uh, it's so powerful. I love it when you see parents like feeding their kids and like, you know, the kid takes a Cheerio and puts it in their mouth and they're like, this is good. And then they take it back out and <laughs> shove it in their parents' mouth. Feed it to mom, it's yeah. so disgusting <laughs> and so cute at the same time. But I, th- I think like in a sense, like God gives us those good things. And uh-huh. when, when we really realize what we've been given, we want to respond. We want to love back. We want to give him back the Cheerio. Yeah. Like, like it becomes this, this reciprocal relationship. One of my favorite passages of the Old Testament um, comes from Zephaniah. I forget exactly what verse it, but God is saying like, I will, I rejoice in my people and I will sing over them the way that we sing at festivals. Like mm-hmm. that just totally abandoned. No, <laughs> like no filter, no barrier. You just belt it out. Um, that kind of love is the love that he has for us. And that kind of love is the love we can grow into reciprocating mm-hmm. um, as his children because it's what he's teaching us. And that is, that is, I think, also the kind of love that we see in Christ here who, yes, in the middle of this kind of transition between saying some really difficult things that do have an aspect of mourning in them because they're to people that he loves, going into an invitation for people to come to him and a reminder of gentleness and humbleness of heart, he just bursts out. Like, my translation even has, like, an exclamation mark in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I praise you, mm-hmm. like unhindered, no filters, blah, like just sharing it out there. Everything in his heart is just coming out. And that kind of, you know, unlimited love and unhindered love, like that's the kind that we are called to share. Yeah. And I think that's just so beautiful that it can well up in us just as it did in him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of love that gives us peace. Mm-hmm. And and joy, yes. you know, even in difficulties, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you, you, things can be very difficult, but you still feel somewhere inside a, a calm and a peace yeah. and a joy. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean, like, that's almost part of as you're speaking, I'm like, that's that's part of the description of a new creation. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's part of us being made a new creation in Christ is is taking on these characteristics of his heart. And yeah, it's just so cool. Well, St. Paul tells us that in, in 1 Corinthians that if you were in Christ, you, you know, all things are new. You are a new creation. All things are new. 
Mm-hmm. Which could be very consoling because sometimes you really mess things up. <laughs> and you could get discouraged and start to doubt the Father's love mm-hmm. because you've messed things up so badly. Mm-hmm. And when we realize that if we just seek his forgiveness like a child, you know, mm-hmm. Mom, sorry, he'll turn. I mean, he, he, everything is turned around. Like now all can be new again, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I always love starting my annual retreat, just making at least one meditation with the passage from Isaiah where he says, remember not the old things, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like, behold, I am doing a new thing. And then he says, yeah. do you not perceive it? And it's like, I don't I know, do I? So <laughs> I don't know, do I perceive it? Kind of maybe. Can you help me? You know, <laughs> like there's just something about that passage it's like it for some reason it feels like it goes along maybe it's the receptivity element Mm -hmm. like i want to be like the small child who is open to receiving what god has i don't want to be like the wise and the learned who thinks i have it all together Mm -hmm. and thinks that i can just sit down and tell god how it should be you know i do want to sit down and i want to hear from him what is the new thing that you're doing and help me learn to perceive it right I remember when I was a kid, um, my dad is a physicist, so like they're really <laughs> big into things like stargazing and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I remember as a child, I was even shorter than I am now. <laughs> and As most of us are. Yeah, well. <laughs> and we would go out into the backyard and my dad would point to like new planets or stars that I didn't know about and he knew what I knew about. Mm-hmm. And he would point and see and say like, okay, do you see that one? that's part of this constellation or that's called this. And I could never see it the first time, never. And I would be looking around trying to figure out what he was talking about. And at that point, I didn't have glasses and I kind of needed them. So that was also (laughs) factoring into it. But he realized that I was significantly smaller than him. So I actually had a very different perspective when he pointed. His finger looked like it was going somewhere different to him Mm. or than to me. So he would kneel down. And he would get his shoulder right under my chin. Mm-hmm. And then he would point up. So then really he knew that his finger was going in a direct line of sight from my eyes. And then I would be able to see it. But I had to be able to trust that it is there mm-hmm. and he does know about it. Because it can be very frustrating when someone's pointing and pointing and pointing and you're like, I don't see it. Therefore, it must not really be real. Like, yeah. <laughs> you are imagining things. But I knew he knew. Mm-hmm. I knew I could trust that he knew, and only because of those repeated moments of what was frustrating to me as a child, but hanging on there and believing him until, like, finally I could align my chin, like, with his shoulder and finally see where he was pointing to. Mm. Um, and then he got a laser pointer because he got tired of that, but, like, God doesn't need a laser pointer. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Our laser yeah. pointer. Our laser pointer. <laughs> Add that to the litany. Yeah. What was the what was the Balthazar quote? Oh. Now I don't know if it's actually von Balthazar or von Balthazar quoting someone else. Okay. But the quote is one beat of the wings, and behind us lie the ages. One act of attention, and we are in the heart of God. I just love that. These are the things, this is the funny thing. Sometimes when I'm walking from the apostolate across four buildings to the chapel or the dining room, Mm -hmm. I'm either saying those, my favorite quotes of scriptures in my head or thinking about that, Mm -hmm. that quote from von Balthasar. Because imagine one beat of the wings and everything's behind us now. Mm -hmm. And then one 
active attention. We are in the heart of God. Mm. It reminds me of Teresa's definition of prayer, right? Which is just mm. lifting the heart to God, mm-hmm. yeah. a turn of the heart to God. I don't remember exactly how she said it, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then it's really not about, you know, how wise we are, how understanding we are, how whatever, smart or experienced or whatever. It's about our openness. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that's all the Lord asks for. Um, St. Therese also has that really beautiful quote that she's actually quoting one of her sisters. I forget which sister. But she, when Therese was little, she was like, well, like, aren't the little saints in heaven jealous, <laughs> basically, <laughs> of the really famous saints in heaven? <laughs> like, and, and her sister was like, mm-mm-mm. And then she got a tumbler and a thimble and filled them both with water to the top. And was like, okay, which one is fuller? Mm. And Tehaz was like, well, they're both full. And her sister was like, exactly. They're mm-hmm. both full. They can't be jealous of one another. Mm-hmm. They have everything. They have everything. And that's like such a beautiful, I think, um, understanding of our littleness before God. Like he does give us everything. Yeah. And like a good father, he's willing to listen to us doesn't matter what we're talking about. So I think that's one of the things that comforts me when, like our founder said, that when you make your hour of adoration, if you sit there, you can just tell Jesus anything. You can tell him if your feet hurt. Mm-hmm. And he's there to listen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I have to say. You're probably going to hate me saying this, but it's one thing I really love about you, Sister Linda, <gasps> is, <laughs> is your ability to just... Like, when you need to lament something, you lament it to God. And, like, I can just imagine, like, there have been times when we've been disappointed together about Mm. something or whatever. And you're able to just sit down on the floor and say, God, why? And you turn it where I'm angry and I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk to that person. I'm going to get it fixed and I'm going to go, I'm going to resolve this. And you (laughs) sit down and you bring it to God. And I just like, it's something that I just love about you. And it's something that I think um, in our friendship, like that you call me on in, mm. you know, it's something that, that I tried to learn from you in some Thank ways. Cause, this is embarrassing. I know. I knew you would hate it. That's why I didn't warn you. But I just, <laughs> but it's true. It's true. And it's something I honestly think it's a gift. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Lamentations is a book in the Bible for a reason. Yep. And I think you have a particular gift for it. For lamenting. Well, in a certain way, <laughs> yeah. God. In, in bringing things yeah. to God, to mm-hmm. allow him to be the powerful one to take things over rather than trying to take it upon your own shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that is a charism. I think yeah. it's a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. And it can actually be a form of intercession, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So never be afraid. To go cry to God, basically. Like, nope. Kids oh, go yeah. cry to their parents. See, go to see she gets God. excited about it even. Yep. <laughs> it's true, though. It's like you can tell him anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if if what we can experience here can be anything like what the saints experience when they talk about a continual colloquy with the Lord. But I think that what I've learned in the convent which I hadn't known before, mm-hmm. is that all those moments when you're walking from one place to another or um, running up and down stairs. I mean, I'm always saying the angel of God. <laughs> I think my angel is like really tired of me. But... Like, I heard you, sister. I heard you. He's, 
Yeah. My angel is such a great help. You know, when, yeah. when you have to figure something out, like the plow breaks down, mm-hmm. you know, and you've got to figure it out. My first my first thought is, okay, guardian angel, help me to see what I need to do to make this work. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, he will. Yeah. And that's beautiful. I mean, my guardian angel has the opposite problem where he's like, yo, why aren't you talking to me? Like, I'm right here. I can help you. <laughs> Mine too. Mine <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. So I think that's really beautiful, though, because it does remind us that the Lord created humans and he created angels. And mm-hmm. in fact, we are both in the kingdom together. This We're sharing this, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're sharing relationships with God. They're not the same by any means, but we're sharing relationships with God. And they have the privilege of looking at him face to face. So if if we are desiring truly to see the face of our father, he reveals it to us in so many ways. And that is one of the ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. also going back to, to being a, a little child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, those pictures of children crossing a bridge <laughs> in the middle of a storm. You know why those paintings always bother me? Because there's always two children yeah. and one angel. Oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> The other one's like, oh, you got them covered. <laughs> it's a pretty a big angel. Break. He's on his coffee break, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's that's us. Like we're mm-hmm. we're for our angels, we're we're children and they're there to protect us mm-hmm. and guide us. Mm-hmm. And so I make mine work. <laughs> yeah, hey. True. And that is the the context in scripture in which Jesus refers to our guardian angels. Yeah. He is referring to them as the angels of the little children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before we go into the one takeaway thing, mm-hmm. I just wanted to point out that when we were talking about fun facts about Sister Linda, you did not mention the snowplow. And then you just did mention <gasps> the snowplow. Oh, yeah. So I just wanted to mention Sister Linda is the official plow operator of our property. And she makes sure that the property stays safe and like people who work for our publishing house can come be here. And the nurses who take care of our sisters can come be here. And she has started an Instagram account at Nuns Plow. So <laughs> go find her. You should go find her because during the winter it's going to be plow stuff, and during the summer it's going to be garden stuff, and it's very sweet and it's very fun. So go follow her. Okay, you're a really good plower. I love to plow. Mm-hmm. That's another. That's another time when I feel like a kid. Mm-hmm. We could probably have a whole other episode on your spiritual uh, reflections on plowing, on plowing and snow. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure that God loves bling. I okay, mean... next episode. <laughs> How about next season? Next season we'll have a we'll have a plowing episode. That would be so fun. That would be. All right, sisters, um, maybe we can just take a moment to pause and reflect and share one takeaway that we have from this scripture verse in this conversation. I feel like this has been my takeaway for the last several episodes, (laughs) but the thing that's really coming to me really is the word trust, Mm. the word trust in who the Father is and who Jesus is um, and in who they desire to be with me in relationship with me and to me um, and that they desire to bring me into I think that 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 that's um, really kind of standing out to me in this and like his his rejoicing and the way that it calls to mind all the times that we talk about God delighting in his people. And and um, it's just stirring up in my heart a desire for trust in that. I think for me, my takeaway is kind of kind of just a reminder to have patience with the Lord um, as he's bending down to kind of put his shoulder under my chin when he's trying to show me something and not assume that it's not there because it's taking so long to see. I guess my takeaway would be trusting that the Lord's hand is right there beside me. I'm his child, and he's guiding me, and 
taking care of the things that need to be taken care of. And I don't have to worry or be afraid. And as he delights in me, I delight in him. Mm-hmm. So for our closing prayer, um, since we've been talking about littleness and, and childhood and Sister Benedicta, you just spoke about trust. Um, we can pray together Psalm 131, which is a psalm, mm. psalm of David. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, um, please feel free to join us. And if you would like to go back and pray it on your own as well, it's Psalm 131, the whole thing. It's pretty short. And a quick tip, mm. if at the very end of Psalm 131, you replace the word Israel with your own name, mm. it becomes a very powerful prayer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord, from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Mary, Queen of the Apostles, pray for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone, and we will see you in two weeks. God God bless bless you. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of the Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter S.T. Paul. God bless you.